What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Cup Six Flex. And today we are going to discuss uh, the Montreal Canadiens uh, going up three nothing uh, in their series against the Winnipeg Jets. Um, to be perfectly honest. I think this is probably a shock to most people. Um, you have to give all the credit in the world to the Canadians. Uh, Carey Price, I, I believe there was a stat that said they haven't trailed in 400 plus minutes, which is incredibly remarkable. There's 60 minutes in a hockey game. <laughs> like, that's, that's, that's insane. Their, their defense... And Carey Price have just overwhelmed the Jets. I, I, With Game 4 being in Montreal, I don't see a way the Jets come back and win this series. I mean, I gave them respect. Like, I, I, don't, I don't even remember who I took. I'm not sure if I took... Oh, I, I, I remember after Game 1, I, I said uh, the Canadians would win in 6, I believe. But, I mean, if they sweep this team, whoever wins the next series between uh, Vegas and Colorado is going to have their hands completely full. Because um, out of all the goalies, this is the guy right here in the Eastern Conference. I mean, this is the guy who, you know, Carey Price, the, the one thing I like about Carey Price, if you ever watch him play, he is so fundamentally sound. And usually that translates to not giving up bad goals. It translates to, and I'm not saying all goalies aren't. It's just that with him, when I watch him in the crease, that is the thing I'm most impressed about. Because I'm looking at him. Yeah, he's athletic. He can move really well. Um, I think on the scouting report for Carey Price, it's very difficult. I don't think there's one place you can consistently attack him. Hmm. And that's the mark of a great goalie. Um, that's the mark of a Hall of Fame goalie. You know, and this is their chance here. You know, all of a sudden, they go from a team that was down three games to one. Think about this. Down three games to one to now they're about to be one game away from the East, Eastern Conference Finals. And they've been dominant over the last four or five games where they get a lead on you and then they just suffocate you. And listen, this team, and I've told you guys, you know me, I, I don't change. Defense, you know, like just take the team that I'm, I'm always gushing about, the Tampa Bay Lightning. What they figured out is, listen, we got all this great personnel, but if we can't keep pups out of the net, it doesn't matter. And that's a lesson the, the Maple Leafs have to learn, right? You know, teams can only do so much. Like, it's so much easier to get offensive superstars in every league than it is to get defensive superstars, right? Um, that's what makes winning a championship so hard, right? So, you have to get a good favorable matchup, right? You have to be able to uh, 
have a little bit of, I don't want to use the word luck, but a little fortuitousness, right? You, you got to be fortunate in some areas. Um, you have to be healthy, you know. Uh, but more than anything, I, just, I think you do have to have a defensive presence. I think you look last year, the Lakers, they had that, right? You look at uh, champions in the past, you know, you point to them and you say, you, you know, the, the Raptors, you know, their defense, right? It was their defense that, that, that bottled up Philly and, and Giannis and the Warriors ultimately. Um, but you, you also have to have that superstar player who can affect the game on both ends. And each one of these teams had that. And that's for, for the, for the Montreal Canadiens, that's what makes Carey Price so scary and so dangerous is that he's, he is their best player, but that's something that's, that's a great thing. You know what I'm saying? That's a, that's a really great thing because when they, like, I, I believe there was, in, I don't know if it was game two or game three. I can't remember which one. There was a five on three for the Jets and Carey Price just made like four or five unbelievable saves in that five on three and it just negates the quote-unquote advantage that you have and this guy you know I've I've been gushing about him for years I'm happy that they're finally making a serious Stanley Cup run like I said whoever plays them they're gonna have their hands full um you know I I don't want to I don't want to disrespect the Jets and say that they're you know gonna you don't scare me, bro. Get out of here. Really? Really? You just, that, that's what you wanted to do, huh? <laughs> I love people and they're driving. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I've been gushing about him for years. I, I, think, I think it's so different for a goalie because a goalie, he's not in control of what's in front of him, right? It's so different than like the NBA. If you're a star player, are you a star player because of your offense? Are you a star player because you can do both? Like, there's no defensive. Like, like guys who are guys who are defense first. Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert's not a superstar. Like, he can't be. He doesn't affect the game offensively. That's what people want to see, right? Now he's a star for sure. But people use that term superstar too much. Oh, LaBello Ball's a star after one year. Like, relax. <laughs> like, come on, y'all. Like, relax. I mean, oh, and one year where he missed significant time, by the way. So he's a, he's a star for 40 games. Okay, cool. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I when, when you look at... Uh, Carey Price, the way this team runs, they deserve all the credit in the world for the way that they've played. Uh, I think they have a sizable advantage, and they've shown it against the Canadian or against the uh, the Jets. That listen, we're here, we're here to stay, and <laughs> uh, they're a great defensive hockey club. You know, they bottled up the Maple Leafs and their stars in particular. I think that's the thing. Um, they understand you got to roll four lines, you know, and that, that, 
that's one of the great keys right there. You know, their young players now are coming to play. Um, and that makes a difference too, because now these guys are growing the way that you thought that they would uh, this year. They had a, 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 a key injury or two, but they scrapped it together enough to get to the postseason. And you got to give them credit for that, you know? So this is a, this is a, a very, very dangerous team. Um, all of a sudden now, they're not just a threat to, to win the East. They're now a threat to win the whole thing because, you know, they have a defensive system, understanding how to lock guys down, understanding how to, you know, get a lead and then just stifle you. Um, they've had some impressive wins too, though. You know, I think the Maple Leaf series was a lot closer than, than, than maybe, I don't want to say people didn't give the Leafs credit, but it was closer than people looked at it as, right? They looked at it and just said there was a collapse. But like we said, they were up. They were down three games to one. So it's not as if, you know, Canadians were great throughout that series. But when facing elimination, a lot of times, all it takes is you win in that, that fifth game or that fourth game in the Jets case, and all of a sudden you kind of wake up. And that means a lot. It, it means a lot. So we're going to see. But it looks like they're going to sweep them. Um, like I say, this is this team is they're on a roll right now. When you don't trail for 400 minutes, and it's really more than that, it's like 420 or something like that. Um, when you don't trail, uh, that shows you are controlling the game. That, that's really what that shows. And the Jets have scored, I believe, four goals in this series. I mean, that's that's tough. That's yikes. Um, but moving on, the Avalanche and the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, this is. This series has turned completely, even though it's really just been the home team winning the first two games. Um, you have to give a ton of credit to the Vegas Golden Knights. Since since the second period of game two, they have outscored... Uh, I'm sorry, they, they have outshot and outscored the Avalanche 104 They've outshot them 104 to 70, and they've outscored. Actually, I think it's I think it's like 104 to 50. Yeah, it's been it's been sizable. Um, the Avalanche basically for three straight games have been outplayed. They're fortunate the series is tied. Vegas has figured something out, um, and the Avalanche. They're going home for game five. It, it, they, if there was another game in Vegas, they would lose that game. Like, they, they are reeling right now. Um, McKinnon, you know, their stars have been held down. Only Brandon Sod's been really, really consistent. The former Blackhawk, got to give him a shout-out. He's, he's had six goals his last seven games. Uh, you know, what a guy. You know, I, I, I always hope that he that he continues. I mean, I, I think... You know, sometimes that change of scenery does you good, and you know, the pressure's off him. You know, in in, in Colorado, you know, but uh, Goobauer's had it hard. But it, it's like I told you guys after after Game Three that the the, the, the Vegas Golden Knight, their stars had to show up, and they have. Um, Marchessault had a hat trick this last game. Um, he's one of their stars. He's one of the guys that that is on their first line, and and you know. You got to give Vegas all the credit in the world. Um, they've really 
outplayed the Avalanche. Like we said, for three straight games, it's just that they've only won two of the games out of it. Um, for the Avs to go home, get the last change, you know, the crowd in Denver at the Pepsi Center is going to be rocking. You know, they need it really, really bad. You know, I... <laughs> this series... It's like I said, guys. I, I thought these two teams were pretty even. Um, I don't know if I said abs in six or abs in seven, but as I told you, this should have been the Western Conference Finals last year. Um, but the abs uh, goalies got hurt. Grubauer uh, specifically just, you know, got hurt. He's had it rough. A lot of it's not on him, but at the same time, you know, if you give up eight goals in two games, some of that I have to point to you on. You know, I can't just say that, well, that's all the defense in front of him. No, I mean, he's got some blame there, too. So, at the end of the day, uh, they got to be better. That That's the, the first part. And, and Coach Bednar, he, he called them out after game three. But, you know, they got the first goal of the game. And then, from then on, Vegas controlled it. So, you know, um, it's tough. It's tough. But, yeah, that series is now tied at two. Game five will be tomorrow night. Um, it's going to be it's gonna be a doozy. Um, the Islanders also uh, tied up their series with, uh, with the Boston Bruins. They needed it. They needed it. Gave up a real, real bad, bad, bad fluky goal. We talked about that last time. But uh, Philip Barzell... He, he was the best player on the ice for for the Islanders. And it's like I told you guys, there was going to be games where it was 2-1. to one, And there was going to be games where it was, you know, 5-4 to four because of, you know, some of it just the way the postseason goes. And then some of it is just, uh, oh, you know what? Nope, go back, go back. And then some of it is uh, you got two defensive teams. And you saw... In, in game three and four, it was a real defensive effort, but Barzell was was phenomenal on both both ends of the ice, but particularly his work in front of the net. Like it's it's one of the best in hockey. He's a young player, but you can see he's kind of finding his way here. And the series is tied at two. Um, going back to Boston for game five tonight, and we're gonna see what happens. But this this is that when you get to this point in the playoffs. Most of the teams are even. Um, sure, there might be, you know, there might be better stars on other teams and things like that, but for the most part, these series aren't mismatches like the Canadians and the Jets. I mean, at the end of the day, the Jets don't have the better goalie. That's part of it. And then the second part is the momentum from facing elimination to coming back and winning it. It makes a difference. It really does. It makes a huge difference. So give them, you know, the credit in the world that they deserve. But, yeah, Islanders, this is a good team. This is a very good team, you know. And I think one of the keys in this series is that both teams have proven they can win on the other's home ice. So you don't know what's going to happen in game five. You know, I picked Boston to win, but, you know, like I said, the Islanders are a good team. These guys are like, they're mirror images. It's literally, the Boston Bruins are a more experienced version of the Islanders. That's it. <laughs> you know, so 
we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, moving on to the NBA. The Clippers uh, finally close out the Mavs. Um, you know, I, like I told you guys, I, I just, look, the better team usually wins over a seven-game series. And, and I we'll see if this comes back to haunt uh, the Clippers. Not closing out a team that, that, to be honest with you, was just Luka and a bunch of guys. You know, it speaks to how good Luka is offensively, but it's like, guys, like, it shouldn't have taken you seven games to figure this out, you know. But at the end of the day, the Clippers, they finally hit their threes. They were the best three-point shooting team in NBA history. And they finally had a game that, that, that reflected that, uh, hitting 23s. Marcus Morris was huge, 23 points, um, seven and nine from three with his brother in the stands. I like that. I like seeing stuff like that where it's like you got that supporter, you know, even though they played for the Lakers or he played for the Lakers, um, you know, I, I like I like seeing stuff like that. You know, that's, I, if I had a brother, that's what I would do. You know, I would definitely be supporting him no matter what. You know, so give him give him all the credit because he he stepped up in a big way along with Reggie Jackson, Terrence Mann. It was all the other guys tonight for the Clippers that really beat them. Paul George, what a what a game for him passing twenty two six and ten. Kawhi had twenty nine ten and nine. Like, these guys, they showed up. Everybody showed up that needed to show up for the Clippers. And ultimately, you know, they beat a, a, a Dallas team that, you know, Luka's bounced in the first round now two years in a row. But you know what's interesting about people? When you call out people during a series, everybody complains. But then I get on The Athletic and all of a sudden, people were saying the things that I've been saying all series long. <laughs> and one of the things they even said, too, was Luka needs to work on his conditioning. That he was getting tired. And I was like, dude, he... I'm, I'm not going to... What the heck was that? I'm not going to knock a guy who has to exert so much on the offensive end. My whole thing with Luka is he's not a defensive player. So you want to say his conditioning, fine. I'm not going to knock you for that. Um, that's, that's not, you know, that's okay. And then, and a lot of people say, he gives you nothing defensively, but I say it and I hate the guy. You guys say it after he loses and it's different. Like, okay. Like whatever. <laughs> Luke is a, a very good young player in this league, but I, I just think it will take more than scoring to win an NBA championship. Ultimately, if that, if that's what you're he's gonna be known for you know it would be interesting to see him play with Zion though I know we're not like at that that stage yet where we're talking about team ups but you know it's it's not like I don't think that's coming for him I mean he, he's somebody that needs another star or two um Offensively, he needs help, but to me, it's the defensive side of the floor that the Mavericks suffer the most. Um, so we'll see what happens. Um, he's a he's a good young player. They're going to be in the playoffs for a long, long time. Um, Porzingis is definitely overpaid, but I, I still don't think that he's as bad as everybody thinks that he is. 
you know, we have a we have a a culture that that if you're a star, you know they tolerate a lot of crap from you. But and if you're a superstar, you can do no wrong. But if you're an average or above average player, you you get literally no leeway. You know and. I also think that part of it is just the way that Porzingis is used. When he was in New York, he was the guy. And you got to see all of his skill set on display. This guy is 7'3", has handles, can dribble, can post up, can shoot. But what? how is he used with Luka? He's literally just used as a three-point shooter. And, and a cutter to the rim. I mean, you can blame Porzingis for that. But at the end of the day... We talked about it. We talk about it all the time. It's about who you get picked up by. It's about who you get you who who drafts you, right? Who uses you in the right way that maximizes what you can do. And to me, they're not better without Porzingis. Now, if you're replacing him with a star, then maybe it's different. But I just I'm not so quick to dismiss him. And say that he's like this this horrible player because the Mavs are making him strictly a shooter. Oh, Porzingis is a bum. So what do you think he's going to do if all they tell him to do is stand in the corner and shoot threes? I'm just curious. <laughs> like you, you think he's going to have 25-point nights? Like that's, that's not his skill set. He can shoot, but that's not the only thing he can do. And that's what they're doing to him. They're taking away the rest of his game. And you can say, oh, he's an inefficient player and... Oh, okay, so at the end of the day, if you knew that, why did you trade for him? Right? Like, I, I understand trying to maximize Luka's effectiveness, but at the end of the day, let's be perfectly honest here. The Clippers didn't have a matchup, an answer for Porzingis. But because of the way the Mavs used him, you would never know that. All you, you, you saw him during the series. He hit threes. He was a rim runner. That's really it, Right? But he could do so much more. You do you really think if Porzingis had had, let's just say he had ten post ups, post ups, a game, you really think the Clippers wouldn't have had to double team him? Do you think that would have taken some load off Luca? Like, you, you kidding me right now? Like, yeah, but Porzingis is a problem, right? Like, I, I, Lord, man, I should be, I should be a coach or or, or something, because it's it's amazing to me. This guy goes from scoring twenty five. 30 points a game in New York to basically being a 3 and D guy <laughs> in Dallas and he's the problem. Okay, sure. Okay, cool. Oh, my bad. My bad. Like, I, this is what I hate about fans. Like, don't know the game. <laughs> you don't know the game. But anyway. Uh, yeah, the Clippers move on. They face Utah. I, I do kind of... I'm already kind of predicting they're going to lose game one because they spent so much energy and the Jazz are rested. But uh, I will say, I, I think the Clippers win this series. Ultimately, to me, I just... Again, it's all about matchups, right? For the Jazz, can Rudy Gobert stay on the floor? I think that's the most important question. Because if he can, he's going to have an advantage, right? And then... I... What, here's what I don't want to see, okay? This is just from a fan perspective. 
like no bias for either team. I don't want to see in the last five minutes of a game Donovan Mitchell hunting Zubac and Kawhi or Paul George hunting Rudy Gobert and we just take turns picking on them. Like nobody wants to see that. Like that, like come on man. <laughs> but if they're in the game, I, what, what are you gonna do, right? I mean, that's that's not on either player. You just gotta hunt the switch, right? <laughs> so yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna knock that. I just I just hope we don't have that kind of series where it's like, okay, he can't play. Well, this is the one series that if I had to look at it and say there's a team that can affect Rudy Gobert, it's probably this team. This is probably the team where you come out with a lineup of really four out. The question for the Clippers is really just can they hit their shots? Defensively, they're a better team than Utah, but Utah has A, the home court advantage, and B, they also have what I would say is probably the, I think in terms of team structure, they have a better, they have a better overall team structure offensively than the Clippers. Like Rudy Gobert draws so much attention. And even though Zubak, Zubak is really good. He's a really good player. He'll get more playing time in this series because of that. I wonder, do we see Boogie Cousins, right? Um, Luke Kennard, he stepped up in Game 7 finally. I didn't even mention him, but he had a good series. Or I'm sorry, he had a good uh, Game 7. The question uh, is, how much depth is each team going to use? Derek Favors, he will play. So you got to think that maybe because of that, we'll see uh, uh, DeMarcus Cousins. This, this series, it's going to be interesting to see how it goes. Because usually the way it goes is you're kind of trying out your depth. Now, the Clippers, i got to give the Clippers credit. They stayed with their depth. I thought that was a big key to last year. You can't have six-man, seven-man rotations in the playoffs, in my opinion. The the Nets might be the exception to that, but now that Harden is hurt and probably not going to play the rest of the series, like, you, I, I don't think, like, you're not going to go any stretch without having either Kyrie or Durant on the floor. You just can't afford to, right? We'll get to that series in a second, but um, yeah, I want to see in terms of depth, who sticks with it the longest. Clippers did it in the last series. They never strayed away from that, right? Kawhi, MPG. Kawhi, he, he did play a lot of minutes, but so did Luka. I mean, it was one of those kind of deals where it's like, we're going to take our best player and he's going to play a ton of minutes, especially facing elimination. Um, but the rest of the team, you know, they, get, they did get rotated. Terrence Mann played minutes. Luke Kennard made a late appearance in Game 6 and wound up playing Game 7. So, you know, I'm interested to see if now Ty Luke kind of says, what the heck are you doing, dude? Like, what? I don't like people. <laughs> like, they, they, the way they drive, like... Uh, anyway. But, yeah, um, I'm going to say Clippers in 7. You know, this, this is a game that I, I think it's going to be a bunch of shootouts in this series. I don't think you're going to have many 96-89 games. I just think the, the, the teams are just too, too, too. They have too much offensively for that to happen. Um, but again, I, I give the edge to the individual defenders. Um, but it would not surprise me if Rudy Gobert had a huge series. I just wonder, his free throw shooting is the main thing. We haven't talked about Donovan Mitchell. Because I think Donovan Mitchell's that kind of player where it's like he's going to get his. But I also think on the other end, because he's only six foot three, 
And I wouldn't say he's a great defensive player. I'd say he's above average. He really committed to it in the offseason. Um, but, yeah, I don't think he's great. You know? Um, but, you know, we'll see. We'll see. I think he's, he's, he's definitely a good player. I'm not... I'm definitely not taking anything away from him, you know. Um, he's gonna get his. He's gonna get. You know, he's gonna have some huge nights. Uh, I'll probably say one of the one of the big keys is Paul George. You know, if he can play like he did this series, uh, you know, I think Clippers have a great chance. But like I say, I'm taking him at seven. Um, like I said, I, I wanted this to be the West Finals, but the way the seating lined up, no go. Uh, but we're going to see. We're going to see. Oh, you know what? I should have. I should have went the other way, actually. So yeah, let's let's move on to the the Bucks and the Nets, and you know I picked the Bucks to win this series in, in seven games, um, and in game one they shot like five for thirty one or something from three. Like that's first of all that's not gonna happen again. <laughs> like, but I do think that I, I think Budenholzer has to figure this thing out sooner than than uh, than than. Than, like Tyron Lue did. Tyron Lue kind of let a lot of stuff go in the first four games. Um, really almost the first five games, being honest. And it led to him having three losses. And he finally made the adjustment and you know, things went better for him. But to me, to me, this series comes down to quite, quite plain and simple. Uh, the now that there's only two stars to worry about, I need to have my five best players. That their their lineup of PJ Tucker, Giannis, Middleton, and Holiday only played 13 minutes together. That's unacceptable. Like, with the exception of foul trouble, that is an unacceptable. You cannot have that that defense. There's there's no way. There's no way. Because all the Nets did was what normal teams do is they're going to hunt for switches and they were able to get their bigs involved and their role players involved because of some overhelp. To me, I'm switching the matchups. I I do not want P.J. Tucker on Kevin Durant. It To me, it does it does nothing. He can just shoot over the top of him anytime he wants. Yeah, he can be physical with him, but so what? Right? And they called him for a couple ticky-tack fouls too. Kevin Durant got a lot of favorable calls in game one. Like, it's the superstar treatment. I don't understand it. <laughs> like, he should have had five fouls or fouled out in that game. But they let him get away with a lot of stuff. And if that's the way it's going to be, then the Nets are going to win this series in five or six games. You know, I understand Hard got hurt. But listen, that, that comes with the territory. You can't just give him an exception to the rule just because, you know, some, some other player got hurt. Would they have called those fouls if Hard was in the game? We don't know. You know, so I, to me, I, I don't like it. I know what the NBA is trying to do. They're going to stretch it out as long as, as much as they can, right? But as I told you guys, they don't have an answer for Giannis. Like, he had 35, and to be honest with you, you probably should have 45 or 50. 
And it'll be interesting to see. The role player stepped up for the first game for the Nets. You know, Joe Harris will get his. I'm not, he's not, when I say role player, he's he's like a glorified role player. Plus, he's in the starting lineup anyway. So, I mean, he's, yeah, he's there to shoot threes, but he shoots threes at an almost 50% clip. So you can't, you can't say he's a role player. <laughs> Mike James is a role player, right? The guys they, they bring off the bench, DeAndre Jordan and their other center, that's a role player. You know, Blake Griffin shot 38% from three. You leave him open for nine threes. What'd you think was going to happen, Budenholzer? Like, come on, man. Like, this is this series to me is less about Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant and more about everybody else because the Nets stars got plenty of good looks. They just missed them. Or I'm sorry, the, the Buck stars. They just missed them. Like, what? there was a quarter where somebody shot 0 for 9, and I was like, what? 0 for 9? Dude, if you want, if you want to pay somebody to miss some shots, I can do that. <laughs> like, all right. Like, but yeah, guys, I'm like I said, I'm still sticking with my prediction. No, no waffle in here. The Bucks will shoot better. Hopefully, Budenholzer makes some adjustments. Um, the Nets are the Nets still have their hands full. The points in the paint discrepancy was ridiculous, and it'll be that way every game. You have to continue to attack them. You have to make the refs make the calls they should be making, right? You know, Brooke Lopez does not need to be playing 20 plus minutes. I'm sorry. I understand he has a height advantage, but on defense. He gives you almost next to nothing except rebound. And that's about it, right? Like my closing five has got to be Giannis, Holiday, Tucker, Middleton, and some combination of Porters or Connaughton. I can't have those four guys not play heavy minutes because now you're down 1-0. You want to go down 2-0? Those guys got to play at least 25 plus minutes for the, for the Bucks to have a chance in this game. Because your objective now is to stop them. You got to stop people. I understand you want to play your rotation. I understand you want to get these guys to PT. But right after game one, it's not, it's not looking good, right? You know, again, this is what we talk about, guys. How long do guys, how long do coaches stick with their rotations? Even when it's not working, when it's not working, you have to make a change. It's only been one game, right? And you almost have to stretch it out to three games because role players play better at home. So you give it three games. But at the end of the day, role players or not, your four best have to play together a lot. That's the adjustment. That's the main adjustment to me for Budenholzer. And stop letting these pick and roll. If Kevin Durant wants to run pick and roll, if I got whoever I got on them, Holiday, Tucker, Giannis, if they want to run pick and roll, trap the pick and roll. Make other guys beat you. All right? Make other guys beat Not Joe Harris. But other guy, Mike James and all the other guys they got coming. Bro, you got to make those guys consistent playmakers and shooters. Even Blake Griffin. All right, you can't you can't just let KD get a switch, you know, or 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 try to get around the screen on a pick and roll. They were just eating them alive with that. It's like no, no, we're not going, we're not doing that. No, we're gonna make you score on us one on one. Not that they can't. That's not what I'm saying. But at least if I make you score me one on one, I have the matchup I want. Right. So to me, that's the adjustment Bulldozers is gonna have to make. If I see KD and Kyrie, especially being small, running pick and bro, I'm trapping the pick and roll every time, every single time. All right. And these guys, they're going to have bad shooting games, too. They hit their shots in game one. It's not going to be that way all seven games. Right. So anyway, guys, let me get out of here. I appreciate you guys listening. Um, be sure to like, comment, subscribe, and I will catch you next time.